We are so happy you are here tuning in to Kentucky Wesleyan College Campus Ministries. In this podcast, we dive deeper into chapel topics while having real conversations. Enjoy this week's recap. Hello, and my name is Sean Toms, Director of Campus Ministries at Kentucky Wesleyan College, and we are uh, here again uh, to welcome you to our kind of post-chapel podcast, and uh, this is our second week of the fall 2021 semester, and uh, we are excited again to bring you uh, just uh, an extended kind of breakout discussion time uh, regarding our chapel service yesterday. And so today, uh, I'd like for you to uh, get to know uh, our guests in studio this morning, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, and we'll get started. Uh, first, we're going to start with Taylor. Taylor, introduce yourself, name, and what year, major, and anything cool you'd like to share about yourself. Okay, hello. Uh, my name is Taylor Cluse. I am a senior here at Kentucky Wesleyan College. I'm an elementary education and special education major. And anything fun about myself, um, I have a rabbit named Mr. Squiggles, um, and he's my best friend. How are you going to follow that, Reagan? <laughs> I don't know. That was good. Um, I'm still trying to think of something interesting about myself. I'm a pretty boring person. Um, so I'm Reagan Brown. I am a freshman and I am a K through 12 music ed major. And I guess my interesting thing, I play violin. I've done that for like 12 years, so. Yeah, but both of our guests today are way more interesting than than I am. Uh, so we'll just move on uh, to our chapel topic uh, yesterday, which is uh, this the series that we're working on this semester is having to do with um, kind of how to how to um, become more like Jesus, how to uh, f- to follow uh, Jesus the way that Jesus asks us to follow him uh, to uh, to represent. Uh, Jesus uh, to the best of our ability. So this, uh, these chapel topics uh, are really uh, about uh, some how-to, some practical things that we need to know about who we are and who Jesus was and how he led. And uh, we, we talked in last week about uh, Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we, our chapel topics just kind of build from here. And uh, yesterday we talked about the, um, the fact that uh, we, c- we need to be able to recognize our identity in Christ and not in our culture or not in what the world says we need to look like or be like uh, to, ter- to determine who we are. So um, I just kind of like to start off broad and, and ask Taylor Reagan, you know, any initial thoughts or any initial takeaways from, uh, from chapel yesterday where God kind of spoke to you? about anything in particular? Um, For me personally, I know that's like the whole identity thing is something I've been struggling with a little bit. I think especially as a senior in college, that's a really easy thing to kind of start worrying about. You know, you're not a little kid anymore. You're not really an adult yet. Um, So it was really funny. I've been reading Daniel a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And I think about the part where when the king said he couldn't pray, he kept praying his three times a day. And so for me, it's been like trying to figure out who I am. my senior year and still trying to follow kind of Daniel's view of putting God at the center of all of that. Um, And so coming to chapel yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, of course, this is what the message is when it's something I've kind of been, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking about during my quiet time. Mm -hmm. Reagan? 
Um, I've, I think we've all struggled <clears throat> with finding our identity in Christ yes. and, you know, who are we, what are we, like, what's our purpose? And um, I am no stranger to those struggles. And so yesterday was just very encouraging. Um, you know, you feel your fullest whenever you view yourself as God sees you. Mm-hmm. The thing that I find most um, in in the opportunities that God gives me uh, to be uh, with others and to uh, to be a support or or a confidence, uh, an ear to listen, is um, just the outside influences of friends and family and those on our teams or those in our classes, um, professors, people we work with, all of those things, uh, the things that we see on all the screens that we have access to. You know, it is, we talked about last week, just the avalanche of lies and the avalanche of culture that is dumped on us every single day um, that we kind of have to find our way through and dig out from under. Um, in the past, have there been, and, you know, this is not, don't have to get real personal here unless you, unless you feel like you want to, have there been times where you have allowed other people uh, or culture kind of dictate to you who you thought you were? Um, for me, probably way too much that I would, that I would actually care to admit. Um, I know academic validation for me is really, really important. Yes. Um, so even now, like my sophomore year, I got my first B in college ever. Oh, the breakdown that like happened. Um, I think everyone in the whole school knew about it by the end of the day. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where even now, like that still hurts my heart when it was, it was not a big deal. I, you know, it, it never affected my grade. Um, and so I think for me, sometimes now looking back, I'm like, that was such a step back for me growing closer to my identity to God. Cause he doesn't care if I got a B, he doesn't care if I got an F, he's just happy that I was trying to do what he wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me, like even more than social media or like what other people say, my grades are so important to me, um, that I really struggle with kind of figuring out the difference between my identity and God versus academic validation through college or schools mm-hmm. and different things like that. That's a good point because the couple of the key words that you said there was validation. And then the other thing, uh, is God doesn't really care about the grade, but he cares about the effort and mm-hmm. the heart and the attitude with which you do things, because that's really what God looks on. Because if you know, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, that that get good grades, but they don't get them uh, legally or fairly, <laughs> uh, you know. And so, uh, you know, which which grade is worth more, the C that you worked your butt off for mm-hmm. or the A that you cheated for, you know. Uh, so uh, that's that's really important. And then that thing about validation you know having other people to validate our worth um we've all experienced that in some shape or form or fashion so reagan an example um like personal example yeah or or whatever you want to share yeah um so i am a people pleaser to probably the maximum level (laughs) um and so um throughout my life i've had to really try to put God and myself first because I run myself into the ground trying to do what everybody wants me to do and what I think 
everybody wants me to do or, you know, try to live up to those expectations. Um, when the only thing I need to be worried about is, you know, what God expects of me. Right. Um, right. And like Taylor said, he's just concerned about you know, the heart behind it, the intent. Um, so I may fall short, but he still loves me mm-hmm. and knows where I'm coming from. So thank you all for, for sharing that. Um, one of the things that uh, we also uh, kind of touched on was if if you are finding your value, if you are finding your worth, if you are defining who you are, if your identity is rooted in external things, then you're constantly going to be in this state of change and modification and those external things in our lives always come and go. Um, so what happens to us when we put our validation or identity in, you know, achievement or grades and then all of a sudden the grades not good you know are we are we now worth nothing and all that we did before is is you know worth nothing uh no um, but the the lies that come from the enemy to steal our joy to steal our peace uh to tell us we're we're less than is opposite of god's message and uh, one of the things that i find interesting and i'll just get your all thoughts before we move on is uh for for a long time now i've kind of met with people and found that their greatest strengths sometimes also their greatest weakness so if you have super high expectations academically then you're probably finding validation and defining yourself by the gift that god give you has given you of intelligence and hard work and that being a point of emphasis in your life well that's a strength well that can define you but it can't be the thing that defines you and establishes your worth and validates you and as a human being because there's always the chance that that goes to the extreme and then it becomes a weakness because then you're putting too much emphasis and too much importance and you're defined too much by this and that's just as bad as not caring at all because then then we're there's an issue there do you do you all agree with that or or like you said Reagan I'm a people pleaser. Well, that's a that's a gift because usually in in people pleasing, there's a level of servanthood. Like I want to do something to bring you joy. I want to do something to help you, and and to encourage you and to support you. Uh, usually, pleasers are gift givers. They like to do things for people and to give things. But then you can get to the point where that is you, how you're defined, and then then there's not enough of you to go around. So, your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. I think that's really hard, especially because we live in a culture that's very, like, self-centered. Mm. Um, and so, it can be really hard, you know, if you are a people pleaser, to kind of give back with still taking care of yourself. Um, yeah. Um, I 100% agree that our greatest strengths can be our greatest weaknesses um, for all the reasons that you said. So, I'm not going to go into all that but, um, <laughs> that was good Sean that was good thanks that was really good appreciate that um, validation <laughs> well we tend to focus on those things a lot more sure. and you know too much of a good thing can become a bad thing with anything so exactly yeah. exactly so 
you know, when, when you find out, and this gets to something later on that we'll talk about with how God has gifted us and the passions and the gifts and the talents that he's given us that are supposed to be invested in bringing him glory and in other people, they can sometimes be invested solely in us. And um, what, what, that's, that's a post-chapel discussion for another time. But <laughs> so, so we're talking about identity and how to recognize that. And, you know, we're talking about um, that our identity, if found in something external, is always going to be changing. And the lies that the enemy has about us is something that we have to fight all the time. Um, so what if instead of outside external uh, influences and validation for our identity uh, that we saw ourselves the way that Creator God uh, sees us. Um, so when identity is is rooted, grounded, and established in God, uh, that means that when we think about who we are in Christ, the first thing that we think about is, I am God's creation, and I am completely and unconditionally and sacrificially loved. Uh, how? How can that change people's lives and the way that they live their life when I can never be more loved than I am right now? And there's not anything that I can do or there's not anything that I have done that can change that. Have you all experienced that uh, as Christian young women? Um, actually, we talked about this in my first G group, my sophomore year, um, and that was that was such a fun uh, G group. It was just a bunch of girls. Um, we used to have in the CM office, and I remember Maddie Atherton, actually, she said the phrase, think eternal, and that was kind of just our motto for that semester, is that no matter what we were going to do, we were going to think about in heaven, we met God, like how is this going to affect us? Um, and so I think sometimes when I have those days where I don't feel like, you know, I've done enough for God or God hasn't, maybe he doesn't love me because I did this today or anything like that. I always remember those two little words you said in G group that it's time to think eternal because if I was doing it with the right heart and if I was doing it, you know, for the right reasons, God's still going to be so proud of me when I get up there. And so I think if everyone could have that mentality of, you know, earth is so temporary, but heaven's going to be forever. So how will this affect me in heaven? That would kind of change their whole worldview of what's important here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's <clears throat> part of human nature to remember the bad things or mistakes or you know just slip ups that people have made. Um, but the Bible tells us that God has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, and that's mm-hmm. not even a measurable distance. That's that's, right. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, and um, I'm really hard on myself too. We've kind of mentioned that. Yes, um, but if I let myself think, oh, these people are going to remember that, or I just get really down on myself for honest mistakes that I've made. Um, I can just get in a really low place. Mm -hmm. But if I flip the mentality and think, you know, if I actually didn't intend for anything bad, if um, if I did knowingly sin and I repent, legitimately God is faithful and just to forgive and he loves me and he's Mm going to take me in with open arms one day um and that's something that's the kind of mindset that you know just lifts you up sure so yeah 
Thank you all. That's that's awesome. Uh, one of the scriptures that we shared yesterday comes from Ephesians chapter one, um, and we we pulled out verses three through eight, uh, where the Apostle Paul is addressing the church in Ephesus and and talking about the identity that is given to each person who uh, puts their their faith and their trust uh, in their life. They surrender all of that uh, to Christ. And you know, a few of the things we talked about was in that passage it talks about that God loves us and chose us and adopted us and he pours out his kindness and his grace on us and that we were um, you know our freedom from all of those lies and and all of our sin um, that freedom was purchased um, by the blood of Jesus and you know it we came to a point uh, in chapel yesterday where I just really feel like um, you're pulling your identity and defining yourself from one or two places, either from Christ, you're either defining yourself in Christ and who you are in Christ, or it's from the world um, and for yourself. And what what we really have to answer, the first how-to to recognize who we are, is to know who, who we are. Are we, who is Jesus? to me. And so that's that's really the most important question and the thing that we have to decide is what do we believe about what's our world view, you know, what kind of faith are we going to own, what kind of belief system are we own because that really ultimately clearly draws a line in defining identity. If you believe in Christ, then we have truth about who we are. If not a belief in Christ, then really I mean, it's whatever you want, I guess, you know, and so that's that's where a lot of people struggle because we live in this world that tells us it's just all about you and you define you, you do what's best for you. It's about all of these things that equal success or validation or identity. And really, it stands in complete opposition to to what scripture tells us in a relationship with Jesus. Can you all your thoughts after hearing that statement and what we talked about yesterday? Wow, sorry, I'm still processing all of it. <laughs> um, yeah, by the way, I don't give them any questions ahead of time. So this is all on the fly. So. Um, I definitely think you can view people differently who are doing things with their lives that have Jesus at the center. Um, every person I know who is very Christian, um, not I want to say Christian, but like, you know, Jesus related, they clearly, you know, try to follow him always have so much on their plate I don't know how they're doing it and I feel like that's always the difference is there's these people in my life that I look at them and I'm like I don't know how you do how you're so small but God gave you such big things Um, but I think on the other hand I look at those people and I'm like it's because of that faith that they're able to be who they are Um, and there's so many good people in the world and there's so many good things in the world Um, and yesterday when we sang that song and it was like all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good it reminded me that just all of that good comes from God. And so Mm -hmm. even when we don't know who we are or the people Mm -hmm. who I'm like, I don't know how they do what they do, it's because that's what God created them to be like. And so I think sometimes it can be hard to look at someone else and be like, I wish their identity could be more like mine or vice versa. Um, But then realizing like the only reason they get to do that is because they're filled with so much of that good from God in them. So those are kind of my thoughts on that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I really relate or not relate. I can really express my thoughts and my feelings through music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
pretty much any situation I can think of at least one song. Um, <laughs> yeah. The lyrics come. Oh yeah, they, they really do. Um, but yesterday and just now, I was thinking about um, Who You Say I Am, that mm. song. Yeah. Um, and the bridge to that song says, I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You're for me, not against me. Yeah. I am who you say I am. And to, you know, just give a couple more things that he says that we are. We are adopted, redeemed, forgiven, loved, cherished. Yeah. And that is just so wonderful <laughs> to think about. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I mean, you just, you just said one of the parts of, you know, um, what we talked about yesterday from, from Ephesians one is, you know, we're, we're set free in Christ. We're not held in bondage and we're adopted and not orphaned and we're covered in grace, not under the law of, of, of sin and works. And, um, you know, kind of our, our first how to step in, in recognizing, um, our identity is, is overcoming the lies and surrendering our hearts and lives to Jesus. And so, um, you have to, you have to surrender the lies. You have to surrender the emotions and the attitudes that are just overwhelming around you and uh, start doing the hard work of turning away from the lies and the untruths and not, not believing those things um, and, and digging more into, into Jesus, uh, who is ultimately the way and the truth and, and digging into God's word because our identity is found in God's word because he said, you know, I am the word, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the way. And that's where we have to go for our answers. That's where we have to go for our truth. So if you are listening today and you are you are struggling with your identity and who you are and who you feel like you were created to be, I just, uh, this was a question that we, we asked yesterday, what difference would it make in your life if you started believing the truth about who you were created to be that's found in Holy Scripture? Um, if you if you started to uh, look at what the Bible says about your identity in Christ and you know what difference would that make in your life and then also you know have you have you done that have you have you surrendered your heart and your life have you confessed uh, Jesus as as Savior and Lord and and if not that's uh, that's something that you're gonna have to make a decision about who who is Jesus to you um, do you all mind to share with the time that we have left, uh, kind of that point in time in your, your all's lives where you said yes to Jesus, surrendered your, your life and answered that question, who is Jesus to me? Um, when I accepted Christ, I was six. And so I feel like it's very different now, like my relationship with him compared to when I was six. So when I was six, it was easy. You know, I just couldn't like hit my sister or like <laughs> had to be nice to my parents, um, you know, but it's really funny. I think I didn't start really owning my own faith or like my own relationship with Jesus until I guess until I kind of started really, really needing him, you know? And so I think for me coming to college, not knowing anybody, it really required me to be like the only person I have for a while right now is Jesus. Um, and so it went from this relationship of when I was young, he was almost like a parent. Like I didn't want to mess up. I wanted to make him proud. And now it's more of like, 
a friendship because it's like if I'm in trouble, if something bad's happening, if something good's happening, that's kind of the person I want to turn to for that kind of relationship of what I want to talk about or what I want to do. Um, and so it's very different how, you know, being six and accepting God and co- growing up never really doubting, I would say. Um, but then you're an adult and you finally start to realize that if you want to pursue a relationship with Jesus, it's a lot more than just, you know, checking boxes or following, you know, um, the rules of the Bible. And so I'm very um, happy that God gave us that personal relationship and that it's not just supposed to be, you know, someone you pray to in the morning, but it's supposed to be, you know, someone who holds your hand throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Reagan, thank you. I was also six <laughs> No <laughs> when way. I was baptized. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Taylor said, it's very different whenever you're younger because, you know, you're still kind of, you obviously know what sin is, but you're not exposed to the entirety of, you know, all these horrible, Mm -hmm. awful things Mm -hmm. that happen in Mm -hmm. our world. Um, But I really got close in my relationship with God my sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm getting a little. um, That's good. I was really sick for like six months. and for a long time, we didn't know what was wrong. Um, and I was kind of going through a weird place with my friends and uh, I was just having a really hard time. Sure. Um, and there were days that I physically could not stand for more than two minutes mm-hmm. because I was just in so much pain and I felt sick all the time. And so really the only consistency that I had in my life was God and, you know, knowing that he had me and that he loves me. Um, and I actually was able to write a song about it, which was kind of fun. Um, that's like the one really good thing that came out of it. Well, (laughs) there are two good things. I got really close with God and I also wrote a song. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) the chorus, um, part of it is you're my strength and I cannot stand you are my peace when I can't breathe and you comfort me on the raging sea you rescue me and keep me safe um and that just kind of became my anthem for a while because that was true spiritually that was true physically for me at the time um so yeah (laughs) that's awesome thank you for sharing thank you for sharing um you know, like I said before, our identity is found in one of one of two places, and I'm so thankful at both of you at six. You know, uh, found found your Savior, found your Lord, uh, found found your friend in Jesus, um, and and you all talking about how you've been changed by that, and I I can just. I can just say personally, it's it's a blessing to be able to get to know you, uh, you ladies, and and see how God is is helping you own that relationship and also grow your faith and be a part of what God's at work doing in your life right now. Um, you know, there are just way too many people walking around not knowing who they are um, and not knowing truth and. In, instead of instead of judgment for them, like, well, why aren't they doing this or why aren't they, you know, it's it's more just that 
that empathy and that sympathy for them not having Jesus in their life and not being able to experience the joy and the peace um, and the love, the unconditional love that comes from being a child of God. First um, John 2 Uh, verses 15 and 17 with the last few minutes we have. Uh, I just want to share this with you. Um, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Um, That scripture really speaks to there's one of two places to find your identity and to find who you are that's either in Christ or in the world. When you all hear those verses of scripture, what do you think? What what does it make you feel? What do you think about? Um. There's a lot there. I feel like the little human in me gets kind of sad at thinking of our world just perishing. You know, I think of like the ducklings and the dandelions and I'm like, oh no, like I want that to last forever. But then I think like if God gave us this world, imagine how much better it's going to be once he's like oh, yes. in it fully. Um, and so I don't know. I think the human aspect of that is kind of scary to think of how small we actually are in comparison to how big everything is um but the little the little part of my soul that's you know excited to go back and wants to be there thinks that's so hopeful that even all this negativity all the the really bad stuff that the world's been tainted with it's just gonna go away one day um yeah and so it's it seems a little scary that verse and a little heavy but also there's a part of that's like that's a really nice verse to kind of fall back to yeah Mm -hmm. it is really heavy and then at the same time, there's that part of me that goes, oh, mm-hmm. this is only temporary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, even though even though it feels like forever, it's we all, we all know how quickly it is. You all were just six the other day, you know, <laughs> and, and look at you now. Um, Reagan? Um, yeah, I agree. A lot to unpack um, and kind of scary just because nobody likes to accept mortality (laughs) like we're gonna die someday um and i mean i i couldn't imagine trying to deal with like nothing being permanent and the fact that i'm just not gonna exist one day if i didn't know that there was something better coming exactly exactly yeah yeah to me it's the only thing that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know otherwise what's What's the point? Yeah. You know, but the fact is there is a point. And that point is we have to learn to recognize our true identity uh, within a personal relationship with Jesus. When we trust our lives and we to Jesus, when we believe in Jesus and what he's done for us and begin the process of uh, living into our our true identity as a child of God, uh, we never feel more love. We never feel more peace. We never feel more joy. Um, than than we do in that relationship. And it's not about us, it's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is so comforting. Um, So, like, thank you all so much for uh, joining us today and for our discussion. And I'm thankful that you all took the time to invest uh, in the lives of those who are who are listening. And we pray that what we shared today will will make a difference uh, in your life if you're listening right now. 
and um, please know that God loves you. And if you ever uh, want a relationship with Jesus, if if you need help with your identity in Christ, uh, all over the uh, Kentucky Wesleyan College website, you'll be able to find how to contact uh, any of us in campus ministries or even Taylor and Reagan. And we would love to be able to to share our relationship with Jesus and and share about how you can uh, you can give your heart and life to Jesus. So thank you all so much for being here and um, we're just going to pray a quick prayer out father thank you for this day and for this time and god we just ask that uh, you you continue to move in our lives um, and help us to own our faith and grow our faith and to walk more like you walked god and and to and to trust your word and to trust you that uh, we are loved and god you have uh, sent jesus to rescue us um, you to save us and God all we have to do is put our faith our trust surrender our lives confess our sins to you and uh, and then we have we're a brand new creation in Christ and we have a new identity in you and God we pray for that for everyone in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen Thanks for listening. We are here to serve, love, and relate with you in an intentional and deep way. That being said, let us know if you need anything. Catch you next week. Bye!